Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. There's a fine line between the acceptance, which is the fifth part of the chain, right? We're on we're on episode five, acceptance. Mm-hmm. There's a very fine line between acceptance and just circling back to denial, I've found. <laughs> I think... That would explain. I've had such a calm weekend and it could be walking that eerie line between acceptance and back to denial. I just think it's neat. <laughs> Can you believe that this is episode five and therefore we've been doing this for a month today? <laughs> I really, I really can't because it just feels like five conversations we've had. We get to celebrate. I had cake for breakfast. That wasn't related. I had slow cooker beef and red wine stew with rosemary dumplings. Oh, goodness. You chef. Not really. That's... You're putting me to shame. So it's, a, it's a definitely a dump in the slow cooker and leave for like eight hours recipe. But it sounds fancy when you add in all that other crap. What, what I mean was I had dehydrated strips of... <laughs> what I mean is I had one of those ready-to-eat meals that they get for the army and I just poured water on it and ate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it puffs up in the microwave. It's beautiful. Like, super unrelated, but a callback to last week when we were talking about um, the new Star Wars movies. You know, in the first one, when her bread puffs up? Yes. Incredibly difficult practical effect they had to do. Really? Yeah, because Abrams was like, practical effects, guys, got to bring it back to grassroots. It needed like an air bladder in it or something that was pneumatic. It was a very complicated moment, and I just thought that was beautiful. That's amazing. So, I mean, this brings us neatly to the film that you recommended for me this week. Um, Oh, my God, did you watch Tombstone? I watched... The film that was recommended to me based on Tombstone when I searched it on Netflix because... <laughs> you suck. Like, if you didn't watch Tombstone, how am I going to explain to you why I keep on wanting to say I'll be your huckleberry to people in bars? See, what did you watch instead? I watched a very related film. I watched a, I watched a Western... Um, Slightly different, but I think the thing with Western films... Oh, it's getting films, worse. It's getting... The tension is, what did you watch? I feel like it's going to be bad. The thing with Western films is that once you look past the racism, sexism, and occasionally uh, ableism and transphobia... Oh, see, that's why Tombstone's so much fun. You just make Doc Holliday gay in your head and everything's hilarious. But, like, when you look past all those things... <laughs> yeah, when you look past all of those things... Sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes they're okay. It's endemic to the genre. But I think that what makes this film better is uh, the villainy. <laughs> what was it, Justin? What did you I think watch? Kenneth Branagh makes an amazing villain. Like, he's just got this incredible oh, no. tone and his his accent work is incredible and it's yeah, just very I'm powerful. Yeah, I'm going to say something, and if I get this guess wrong, I want you to edit it out very much. But did you okay. watch the Wild Wild West movie with Will Smith? <laughs> What I will say about (laughs) (laughs) mechanical spiders is... When I watched Tombstone, the mechanical spiders really did change a lot of the tenor of the film for me. Um, Because I was expecting to see a film that was about, you know, gunslinging and gunfights in the streets. But what I got instead was Kevin Kline, who's fantastic, by the way. I mean, if you... Get nervous about any of the scenes. Just imagine Mr. Fish Odor because it's exactly the same. That would be a fun way to rewatch Wild Wild West. I meant to watch Tombstone. It just, um, you know, my finger slipped and. <laughs> I just want you to know that I've actively laid down on the floor. But I think any Western movie that Will Smith raps over the credits of is, is a good movie. <laughs> 
yeah, I still remember the song. So obviously, yeah, yeah, it's iconic. No, what I would recommend to people is listen to the song and do not watch the movie. It's a simple, <laughs> simple equation. There are some set pieces in that film, though. Uh, that are, it does feel like big dumb fun, from what I remember. It is like what you should do is watch certain scenes with the sound off. I'm talking the <laughs> same experience that I pitched for Waterworld. Like <laughs> you watch the set pieces. Okay, but I didn't recommend it this time. I recommended you a cinematic classic. Yeah, and I watched a cinematic classic, no <sighs> less. You have betrayed me and the Western genre, and now you won't be able to pick up on the multiple jokes in Winona Earp for the first couple of episodes until they spell them out to you in retrospect. I think Wild Wild West, what it does have going for it (laughs) is some amazing set pieces. Um, Genuinely, there is some gorgeous cinematography in this film. There's some beautiful forced perspective. scene where Will Smith plays the bongos on some lady's boobs because he thinks it's Kevin Klein in drag. Yeah, look, I'm not saying it's a perfect film. What I'm saying is... <laughs> I'm just telling you stuff I remember from this movie. Yep. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is don't remember that. Try to forget <laughs> that. Try to shun that from your head. One last thing that I'll say on it. Mm-hmm. This film is not a comedy. It is an action movie with funny elements. And if you treat it that way, it's much better. Because all the reviews at the time are saying, like, this is a film that has these beautiful set pieces, but they've spent far too much time on them and not enough on the jokes. That's every action movie now. We hired one good comedian. In the case of the most recent Jurassic Park, we organised Jake Johnson and, what's her name, Lucas? Lauren Lapkus? And that was it. We were like, yep, comedy done. I don't count Jimmy Fallon as a comedian. So. He's also there. And yeah, he's there. And he's a very charming man. He's been present for comedy over many years. <laughs> That's mean. That's like unnecessarily mean. He's just a very genial guy. Look, no, uh, there's there's nothing wrong with being adjacent to comedy. Goodness knows I have been that guy in many dynamics. This podcast may be an example of it. It's yet to be determined. I've determined. I'm hilarious. You're adjacent. Done. Boom. Wow. Yeah. This is, decided I'll come out mean. This is hurtful. This afternoon. <laughs> but yeah, I think some beautiful concepts and I wish they were in a good film. <laughs> Do you want to do some news? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's do some news. And you should you should watch Tombstone. Uh, yeah, I'll watch it for next week. Oh, um, quickly, just speaking on the country theme, I'm pretty sure we're not getting Marlon Williams as our theme. <laughs> I know you were on tenterhooks about whether that's oh, happening. with bated breath. They haven't got back to me since the 5th. Bless them. I hope they're still... My friend, you know, our devoted fan, as she called herself, I didn't tell her to say that, she really, really likes the little snippets of the old-timey music we do. It's great. It's great. Honestly, I'm a little bit concerned because when she recommends the podcast to other people, because she's a very good friend, she goes, they do this really cool bit. And I'm like, that's the one part where we're not talking. It's a great bit. <laughs> hey, that's one of the bits where I'm funny. <laughs> oh, dear. Do you want to pick a theme this week? Yes, let's do that. You've got a choice of 459 songs. This is a song about, about mules. Immediately fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they're all very old timey. No one can accuse them of not being old timey. Anticipation blues, because we're all anticipating we might be let out soon, but we won't be. Fantastic. Okay, let's see. Although, if I can choose for next week, I want to choose Oh, How I Hate That Fellow Nathan, because it's an amazing title. There's no way I can tie that to anything, unless a Nathan does something awful in the next fortnight. (laughs) 
<laughs> in which case, I want you to sub out my choices and put the Nathan song in this week. Yeah, Nathan's, you'd be on watch. <laughs> this is, I'm calling you out, Nathan's. Best behavior. Or this we'll is Nathan a, Watch 2020. <laughs> we'll put a ditty on a very, very limited podcast for for shaming you. So which one are we going? Are we going Anticipation Blues? Are we going for yes, a different one? Anticipation Blues. Okay, well, that's what you... That's what you're listening to now, people. That one's from the same uh, uh, phonograph music program that brings you I love, I love my wife, but oh, you kid. Oh, no. Did you see that one? <laughs> I missed that one. And what do you want to make those eyes at me for? I think you could probably guess from context. No, I simply can't determine. Don't leave me, daddy. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We will come back to this list. I'm going to close it off now. Uh, we'll come back to it another time. It's just a song that's matrimony like it's split into three anyway it's probably one of the many spelling songs on the list there are quite a few songs where they spell a word (laughs) and it's a word that's too long to be spelled in a song well i mean that's how i learned to spell bananas b-a-n-a-n-a-s uh that's a great hollaback uh (laughs) i will now do the news before we get in a lot of trouble (laughs) i think that is the closest we can get to copyright infringement The theme's playing now. News time. News time. A couple of episodes back, I think you said something about, like, you've got to tell me when the news theme is playing. And now I always, like, get worried that you don't know that this is the bit where the news theme's playing. It's <laughs> very helpful. Thank you for remembering the words that I say. I clearly don't retain any of them, but it's important someone does. I listen to them more than you do. <laughs> That's true. So, this week... Uh, Denmark, Poland and France announced that any companies registered in tax havens like Panama and the Cayman Islands will not be eligible for state aid, with Italy and Belgium set to follow. I don't have jokes this week. I don't want you to expect jokes. You're the funny one. (laughs) Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. That was a rough move. (laughs) Is that reasonable? Sometimes when these pronouncements come on, I almost want the news to editorialise just so I can understand it better. Okay, let me re-deliver that. Denmark, Poland, and France have announced that any is registered in tax havens. Well, the the flip side is they could be really big employers, which could mean that people that, you know, might have a... Anyway, obviously that's an argument that underpins all of the economy all the time, always, so... Let's move on. No, no, no. This is... This is let's, let's go right into it. <laughs> Companies that may be big employers still have to pay their employees the same amount of money, regardless of whether they hoard that money in Panama. I know, but we're in a global crisis and there could be something that they need to do or that they could be doing, like we have JobKeeper, I'm not sure, if they have an equivalent that those companies might need money to be paying their employees while everyone's shut down. I don't know the situation in those four to six countries. Luckily, those companies have put things away for a rainy day. 
<laughs> Potentially. And they put it away somewhere that it doesn't rain as much. Panama and the Cayman Islands. Ah, those beautiful, sunny, shady isles. A different type of shade. You see what I did there? Oh, be- beautiful. <laughs> shouldn't, have, shouldn't have said I was the funny one. <laughs> no, no, no. You've, you've really set yourself up there. You're the funny one. Um, I'm the pretty one. The government <laughs> tracking app, which we talked about last week on the show, is mm-hmm. set to release this week. Some commentators have called it a referendum on Scott Morrison's leadership. So it comes down to issues of privacy and security, but ultimately those issues both boil down to trust. Would you download it? I haven't seen any of the details of it. So that's the thing. They've said that they're going to be dropping it, but they haven't actually released any of the information about like what privacy consultants they've discussed it with, what sorts of measures it's actually going to have in place, what it's actually tracking I'm definitely going to be following that. And I imagine by the time this comes out, we will know. See, this is intriguing. I've been trying to limit my news intake and I was wondering if I'd limited it to the point where I just missed it being released. No, no, no. So or if they legitimately haven't released too much information on it, it feels like the information's the smell of an oily rag at this point and sort of what it's going to actually do. And there's a lot of conversations about privacy stuff that I'm like, oh, again, can someone just tell me whether or not to download it? Well, as Angus discussed in in our tech segment uh, last week, the government's track record around privacy issues is not perfect. My health record didn't go perfectly, regardless of whether it is or or isn't a good measure. There was a loss of public confidence there. But it Mm. seems like there is a bit of trust in Morrison's leadership. I think the flattening of the curve definitely helped. And I guess there's the question of whether Scott Morrison is a good leader. And then there's the question of whether Scott Morrison is listening to the people that are advising him amid this epidemic. And honestly, I think that's the bigger question. Mm. It'll be a good moment to see what people think of how well we're doing. Because it is a question of confidence, ultimately. And we need a certain percentage of people to download the app or it's mm. not very effective. If enough of us do it, we'll be able to uh, trace enough. Anyway, if someone can address those concerns in like three dot points, I'll be like, oh, well, sounds like a good idea. I'll be part of the 65% or whatever it is we need to download this. I have so many apps that I've given so much information for so less. You know how many BuzzFeed quizzes I've done? BuzzFeed probably has a lot of my personal information just from me giving it away freely on the internet. If I can give it away for a social good, surely that would be better. Well, And, and I think that might be a, the attitude of a lot of people. Like maybe it's a moratorium on you know, Morrison's leadership, or maybe it's simply that people are less concerned about privacy around certain things. A poll conducted Mm. by the Australia Institute has found that 45% of respondents intend to download the app, but there may be a bit of comorbidity between the people that respond to polls and the people that will download an app. (laughs) You know, (laughs) there's an opt-in involved in both. Yeah, Mm. so so it's possible that that's a bit biased. Morrison originally suggested that at least 40% of the population would need to download the app to be effective. He's now said the uptake simply needs to be as high as possible. Well, as we often have to do in this uh, podcast, we're not experts. Make the choice for yourself. We're just two people having a chat. Darcy, I have one other question for you. What should the government be calling the tracking app to make sure it has maximum uptake? They should just they should just call it Siri. <laughs> Old people will just download it, being like, that's, that's what the young people need. <laughs> oh, it's just been released. The app has just been released. So 
So the COVID Safe app came out while we were recording this podcast on Sunday. We weren't quite sure when it was going to come out. We knew it probably would come out some point during the day. We didn't realize it would come out mid-recording. Clearly, we didn't have all the facts about it yet. It wasn't a real thing. What we do have now on our Patreon at Patreon P A T R E O N dot com slash Neptune today, I have gone through and debunked and substantiated various moral, legal, and technical claims. I think there's about 12 of them about the app. And in the podcast next Friday, I'll be going through all of those claims with Angus in our tech segment. Jump on our Patreon, have a read, see what you think, and let us know. And while you're there, why not become a patron of Neptune Today? Sorry, force of habit. All right, more news. What else is going on, Justin? And because I'm only doing good news this week, Mm -hmm. Arnott's have released their Monte Carlo recipe as of Friday. Look, it's bold, but also dumb. No one likes Monte Carlos. Oh, that's the sound of everybody disagreeing Oh, my goodness. Darcy, no. Darcy, no. You know what I'm more excited about? Marble chocolate coming back. Yeah. No, I already had to break up with Ellen earlier today because of this. Ah, well, look, Justin, That's if you don't have shit-tasting shit taste biscuits, you're just going to lead a really lonely life. I don't know what to tell you, man. Just get better at biscuits. Monte Carlo <laughs> is amazing. How dare you? It's it's not. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's the Scotch fingers and Monte Carlos that are always left behind, man. I don't know what to tell you. Bring them to my house. Scotch fingers, absolutely. Monte Carlos, yes. <laughs> I'll bring them to your house, leave them at your door. I'll ding-dong yes. ditch a bunch of gross cookies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, don't. Not right now. <laughs> for a bunch for a bunch of reasons. This is not the best time. You have to go to the time. store, then eat a bunch of cookies. Leave a pile of cookies on my doorstep. <laughs> but this is this part of this amazing trend where all these companies are like, hey, you know what will take your mind off of things? The IKEA Swedish meatball recipe. <laughs> yeah, all right, man. I want to learn how to make IKEA Swedish meatballs. I didn't think I I wanted to, but now I'm kind of intrigued. I mean, that kind of horrifies me that anyone is going to be like, I'm going to go and get the ingredients for IKEA's Swedish meatballs. Surely it's meat of some variety and you mold it into a ball. Hey man, if you're jonesing for something, uh, be it be it hardcore drugs or be it Swedish meatballs, the heart wants what it wants. I'm not going to pretend I haven't been living this life also. I do think that your, your attitude on this show has been a bit, from last week, basically advertising gambling. <laughs> oh, no, I read, I read some, like, personal experience based, um, like, how it was really important for gambling addicts that, like, all of the pokies were shut down. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I meant. It is good. People are like, I have this horrible addiction and I'm really hoping that when things start to reopen and the pokies start to reopen that I'll have built up enough emotional fortitude that I won't need to go back to that horrible well that has ruined my life. And I'm like, yeah, Darcy, what are you doing advocating for a small flutter on the Melbourne Cup, you monster? <laughs> yeah, but you gave me the greatest ad pivot I've had on the show in a while, so thank you for that. Oh, dear. Anyway, those food-based filthy pleasures that we get. For me, it's Ikea hot dogs, so I wasn't, I'm wasn't. i not that jazzed about the meatball recipe. Ikea does hot dogs? I haven't been to Ikea in a while. Dollar hot dogs, man. Actually, no, I think I've had an Ikea. Where, where, did you, where did you get your furniture when you were a student? I have milk crates all around my home. <laughs> I am speaking to you on a microphone balanced on a milk crate. <laughs> yeah, no, at least five of the items in the room I'm currently in are from Ikea. 
Oh yeah, like I have a lot of IKEA items, but when I go to IKEA, I want the authentic taste of Sweden, which is meatballs. Different strokes, I guess. Is that authentic? Is that Swedish? Oh, Jack's gonna kill me. This is <laughs> so our guests this week are from mm. Australia's premier Eurovision podcast. I don't know oh, how many Eurovision podcasts there are in Australia, but this is the premier one. And Jack actually loves Sweden so much. And I've just realized I've uh, done him a great disservice by describing IKEA meatballs as authentic. Well, IKEA is one of Sweden's great success stories. Say something else about Sweden that you know right now, because I am struggling. Okay. Uh, Sweden, home of fjords. <laughs> and I don't know anything about Sweden, but I'm very excited to learn. Yeah, I don't think this week we need to clarify that we're not experts on things. <laughs> anyway, Sweden, probably a really nice place. Sorry, I'm just messaging Jack to ask him to send me three Sweden facts. <laughs> it would be really helpful. I've given him a 10-minute deadline. <laughs> do, you like our, do you like our soundproofing, by the way? That's fantastic. <laughs> Mine is, uh, you can't see it over my uh, left shoulder, but it is the stack of boxes of unmoved <laughs> magazines. Um, Excellent. I picked one up. I've got one from the Zambreros on Rundle Street. That's fantastic. You've got one of the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> the, re- the rest are over here. Is, but I've got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you mind introducing yourselves for a podcast audience? Well, hello, and thank you for pointing to me, kind sir. You're my welcome. name is... Liz from the Deuce Poir podcast. And my name is Jack, also from the Deuce Poir podcast. Oh, what a, what a startling coincidence. It's very strange. <laughs> I know that we should just, two podcasters would run into. Make... Oh my God, that would be brilliant. We should do that. <laughs> we'll think about it. <laughs> um, so for my podcast, which is, you know, the second best podcast in the room now. We didn't want to say anything. But... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking to people that have been impacted in uh, kind of curious ways by the coronavirus. How has it impacted you guys? Well. <laughs> Do you mean through the podcast or personally? No, through the podcast. We don't want to get into your personal life. <laughs> uh, we don't have all day. When we started the podcast back in, what, October? Mm. September or October we started putting this together. We had a whole year of Eurovision. We had every national final for 42 countries. We had mm. everything ahead of us for our first year. And then about, what, two months before Eurovision goes, yeah. the accident. Bow, done. So Cancelled. Our whole thing has completely had to change in the last eight weeks. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've had to go, we had to change from what's happening right now to let's go back and let's do every country one by one and every song they've ever sent. Yeah. What happened in the 50s, I wonder? Let's let's look at that. Turns out a lot. <laughs> a lot. And now you know really exactly. quite thoroughly. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Weird time, the Eurovision. Weird time, the 50s. Yeah, and because it, it's kind of, it wasn't even sort of, oh, you know, we'll think about it. There'll be some sort of maybe it will, maybe it won't. Maybe we'll have like an alternative, um, like, you know, footy. They were like, look, maybe we'll try playing it without crowds. Eurovision pretty much just went straight in and went, nah, that's it, done, everybody. They turned the lights off, like padlocked the gates, <laughs> just sent everybody home and said, nah, that's it. Yeah. So it was it was a bit kind of just sudden and it was just very, that's it. There is no arguing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were not open to suggestions. And did you have suggestions? Oh, 
We had so many suggestions. We we started a petition. We is an overstatement. She started a petition. (laughs) I signed it. (laughs) There was Save Eurovision 2020. It was. Uncancel Eurovision. Uncancel Eurovision was a thing. And they didn't. Um, Shockingly enough, with our 18 signatures, (laughs) we did not get Eurovision reinstated. We, yeah, we, we tried to sort of get some momentum behind it. And mm. I think for about 18 people, they were really on board. Um, Except that one guy. That oh, don't get me started. Instagram. Oh, my God. There were some suggestions. There were, look, we've got all the, the live performances from the national finals. We could put them all on TV and vote yeah. for them. Yeah. There was. The film clips. The film every, clips. For those who don't know Eurovision, um, there, so obviously every year we're up to about 10 billion entries each year now. Um, every country in uh, in Europe plus Australia and, and Israel, Israel um, get to put forth a song. So normally some countries, it's very good, it goes to um, a, a diplomatic vote plus some rigged juries. We won't talk about them. It's bullshit. <laughs> You know, people vote. They send they send forth the countries, and one of the other things that they do is they produce these film clips. Sometimes they are spectacular. They don't bother. That's, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they'll just send like Zero Gravity last year didn't have a video clip. Yeah, which is a travesty. Australia, oh my lord! Even Jessica Malboy got a music video. Yeah, we're losing track of the. What were we talking about? Yeah, it's about the bloody government not supporting the arts right. in Australia. That's what that was. They wouldn't even get behind our Eurovision Act. I was waiting for that to be a couple of questions down the line, but you just got there. <laughs> no, we got there straight straight away. I try to lead people down the garden path of getting political, but you just jumped to their first question. Yeah, well, we've been in the garden quite a while on this one. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, a lot of the time of our podcast is me just saying highly inappropriate things and going off on weird tangents from my love life yeah. to my cat's love life yeah. and then Jack trying to steer re- you back to where we were. Yeah, yeah. or undig me from the pit. I do try. Yeah. It's, it's not easy all the time. <laughs> this is the reason it couldn't be a four-person interview with my co-host because yeah. I, I think myself and Jack are the keeping it on track, very honed yes. voice of reason, rigorous, I would say. Rigorous. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Should, the, the irony is who knew that Jack would ever grow up to be the straight man <laughs> in any kind of group or organisation. Yeah. I'm full of surprises, baby. But, yeah, so what's that? You want to get political? Let's do it. Let's burn some shit. Let's... I will go there in a second, but did you ever think about cancelling like your show or, or no. were, were there, was there ever a moment where you were like, how are, you, how are we going to adapt to this? Or did you just have enough in, there's a lot to talk about with Eurovision, right? It's yeah. lucky that we were at the spot we were at. The whole idea of us going back and doing it again literally came to us Yeah. on the very last episode before, like it was the episode where we announced that they cancelled it. And yeah. somewhere along the way, we just said in the middle of the well, episode, actually, we'll go back and do them all. Yeah, I actually, I, the, the idea, like sort of the thing that led us on a path was um, we've got, I was going to say we've got fans. I think we've got one fan. Um, and his name is Alexander he loves um, us. in Canada. He's our, he's our first doozy. And he sort of had said something about, oh, it'd be really good if you guys one day in the future could go, you know, sort of have a look at things. And we were sort of, we had that in the back of our head and then Eurovision got cancelled. And then we were kind of like, well, hey. no, like the <laughs> you know what? Yeah. No, I think, I think we, 
I've never had any desire to not be in here with her every week, other than the fact that it's her. You love me. You really love me. I'm not going to say that, but (laughs) never get me on record saying it. Never record. Um, No, it just flows. You know, we do, like, no prep. So the idea of it being too hard or it being... That's not true. I I wrote that stuff on that bits of paper last time I had, that, I had that notes on a napkin we either walk in with nothing written down or liz will have written like 400 pages that looks like someone trying to translate the rosetta stone on their own yeah <laughs> but that, that's usually when like if something um we we did have the hungarian government mm. um who decided that they before all of you know, COVID-19 happens, um, they decided that they were going to withdraw from participating at the Eurovision Song Contest. Essentially, basically, we may be paraphrasing, but basically they said it was too gay. And quite frankly, we were like, hold my glitter. Um, So we did a little research and a little digging into the Hungarian gay uh, government. I always called them the gay government. Government. Um, and basically, we threw the challenge down to like Hungary. We called them out. We're like, that's some gayry. Hung. <laughs> Hungary. We called them out. Yeah, we were like, this is some bullshit. Was this the kind of deep, edgy humor that you got them with? Like, is this how you skewered uh, them? Humor is a bit of a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're funny or we're just loud and no one's noticed yet do you know what's actually really funny because i set up our youtube account today and i wrote eurovision's loudest podcast <laughs> <laughs> i was like that's it so that's yeah it. yeah uh, I, love I, it. I gotta admit one of my like favorite bits about eurovision is bands like hatari which is sort of like bdsm inspired he's grinning he knows he's seen the the atari clips he didn't expect this to be a four-hour interview that's look that happens with us like, no that that's happens. every interview i've done honestly <laughs> <laughs> the previous interview i did was with uh one of my friends who's a solicitor so this is a really large oh, tone shift yeah, it's so, talking about impacts on the legal profession, and now I'm, talk- I'm just I'm so excited to be having this discussion. <laughs> I was going to say it doesn't the lawyer and now us, and ironically, they both ended up in a deep, hard conversation about BDSM. If I know anything about lawyers and the government of Hungary, yeah, those yeah, are the two exactly. things. And we're all interconnected. Yeah, we're all the same. And not that much of a segue, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what, yeah, so what do you think they should have done? They should have done, like, lots of, like, videos and done different broadcasting things, or should they have done something like what you guys have done? Literally, they should have done anything except mm. what they did. It yeah. does feel, it, it, there's a massive gap. It's getting colder, it's getting darker earlier, mm. and that's always meant Eurovision is coming. Um, but it doesn't this year, and that's just... Um, it's been pretty hard to swallow, really. Honestly, yeah. it's such a I, part of our calendar. Yeah. Well, no, basically, I we've been we've been abandoned by the EBU in our darkest hour. Yeah. I think we needed Eurovision. We needed something more than ever, and we've seen it from like places in like Italy and France. People have been on their balconies, you know, because people have been under lockdown, quarantine. People have been singing. There is amazing footage of people in Italy on their 
uh, balconies and a spontaneous a spontaneous version of you know and just like ringing out over Italy and you're like oh my god that's amazing and that's what Eurovision is and that's what we needed from the darkness now more than ever but basically if this was a western the bad guys came to town and the EBU, okay, came out in their little poncho and they shut the doors and went back inside. Okay? I haven't watched a Western in a while. Is that a thing that happens often? <laughs> uh, you, just Sorry, side note, do you see why I have to pull her back onto, <laughs> onto the right path every now and then? I don't know what the question was anymore. Seriously, it was about 18 paragraphs ago. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, should we have had something? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I've appreciated the opportunity to actually do what we're doing with the podcast right now. Yeah, no. Would I give up Eurovision for it? Absolutely not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, they needed to make a choice, either show, like, all of the live finals or a live performance because um, then you can evaluate it on, like, what it was like to be performed on the stage. It would be no difference, except you wouldn't just have a oh, screaming mob Australia in front of would it. have finished last. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we, that was going to happen anyway. Montaigne can go to hell. But, <laughs> oh, I, controversy. I hope she listens to your podcast. <laughs> no, I love Montaigne. Okay, I'm going to... Oh. I'm gonna. I'll. I'm gonna be the voice of reason here, and I will say I love Montaigne, and you can say you hate Montaigne, and then we've got a okay. nice. I I don't hate Montaigne. I just you think... hate what Montaigne delivered. Yeah, I think this song and this performance, like clowns. Everybody hates clowns. You don't like. It's like oh, you don't take like one of the most like feared sort of like images that make people pee their pants and just ah, and be like, that's what I'm gonna dress up. That'll win the votes. What are you thinking? It was it was that episode of The Simpsons where Homer makes the makeup gun and fires it at Marge. That's what she looked like. <laughs> yeah, it was just, and I think we're still coming down from like the iconic performance that was Which, Kate Miller Heidke. Yeah, yeah. Um, up there behind your head on the wall. Yeah, doing opera on a ten foot pole to you know the sad clown from, you know, your local travelling clown that, you know, circus that nobody goes to anymore was a bit of a disappointment. Mm. I was lucky enough to catch um, Kate Miller-Heidke at WOMAD this year and she Mm. shared the anecdote of um, her dad referring to that performance as the singing toilet brush. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that. It's, yeah, a blessing. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a bit strange i guess do you know what the plan is for 2021 are they just going to get all of these same performances back in a room pretend 2020 never happened so they yes they have decided any song that was entered for this year is scrapped you cannot send the same song wow so these songs are just burned yeah, these are just burner songs. These have become the um, last Eurovision. Yeah, I mean, yeah, known as the ghost songs, mm. um, because they will never be allowed to be performed at Eurovision. However, about ninety percent of the artists from this year have already been confirmed to be entering again next year. So you're pretty much having the same people, different songs. Yeah, a couple of countries, their national finals they're, are too big, to, and they're re yeah repicking yeah. new people. Which I, to be honest, like as devastating it is for those people, I don't like the idea that they've just automatically went with the same artists mm. because a lot of it, and I feel is like when you get a really good like you know Eurovision song, a lot of the times is 
you know, when the public can vote for it, it's, you know, because they're really feeling, they're capturing, you know, a song, a moment in time. And I'm just worried that, you know, performers that were right in 2020 are not going to be ready right for the 20, new yeah. world in 21. I'm pretty certain we're going to hear at least a veiled reference to COVID next year. Oh. <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to it. And I'm thinking it's going to be San Marino. Yeah. I think it's just going to be 61 songs about like, oh, you know, being in quarantine and feeling alone. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I like we've just come out of quarantine. That's I don't want to listen to that shit. I yeah. don't want to listen to songs that are written now about how depressed I am in quarantine. That song from a few years back where there was that guy in the glass box. I feel like that. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> trying to remember that was a few years back now. Um, Azerbaijan, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and to be to to clarify though, it's Eurovision. There's been a lot of men in boxes. Yeah, That's you true. didn't have to That's be true. more specific. Sorry. Yeah. Like, a couple of years ago, we had a man in a sweaty box. You don't, do you mean the sweaty box? Who was in the or sweaty box? Sergei. That was this year, last year, yeah. With the one. No, Scream. Scream. Scream was, yeah. is the sweaty box. We had the sh- creepy shadow man. I think that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, it, it, we've had Eric, popular man in a box. Mm, that's true. Smashed his way out of the Honestly, box. Honestly, where is your journalism, yeah. Justin? I'm Just sorry. Just throw a man in the box. That's half the entries at Eurovision. Oh, my God. I, I specified glass box. I specified. This was well, a specific one I was thinking of. Yeah, they were, they were all in a glass box. Leave the man alone. It's not, <laughs> not his fault. He's forgotten which glass box it was. Throwing I'm, boxes around. I'm going to send you a message afterwards. I'm going to find which glass box it was. <laughs> and I'll send it to you. It will not make it to air. This is for nobody but you guys. <laughs> this is, I have to prove myself to you now. Right. He's going to yeah. cut this whole section out of us just berating him for not having yeah. his box. <laughs> We're just going to fill, like, your Instagram feed of just men in boxes at Eurovision and be like, see, pick one. Don't pick hate it. One. Don't hate the idea. I'm yeah. open to this. Yeah, you can pick your favourite. You can tell us what's your favourite man in a box at Eurovision. Mm. Who's your favourite man in a box at Eurovision? That's I don't know. Because it's Johnny Logan. <laughs> You're never in a box. There's... It will be soon. <laughs> oh! Sorry. Oh, no, you didn't. Continue, Justin. No, you no, didn't. No, no, no. It's all yours. <laughs> Your stage. I, uh, the Juice podcast would like to disassociate itself from comments made by Jack, former host of the Juice podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is my last show. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Um, Eurovision, we've also had twins in a fountain. We can send Ooh. that to you. I'd love that. Yeah, if, if you just make a general kind of statement uh, now that I can put at the top of the podcast, which is a disclaimer about all the things you've said. Yes, um, that'd be we should add that yeah. to our podcast. The Deuce Bar podcast does not stand by anything said on the Deuce Bar podcast. <laughs> by anyone involved. <laughs> by either it. host nor producer of the Deuce Bar podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. And how you doing? Just how you how you feeling? <sighs> how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm sick of being stuck inside. I feel like I am the man in the box at Eurovision right now. I think we're all the man in the box oh. at Eurovision. Well, I'm I'm a prepper, and I've been a prepper for years, so I am literally living the dream right now, and I I'm just I've never been happier. 
honestly, if you ever want a good interview about like like pandemic prepping, this one you could get a full hour out of. She's a Love it. Live it. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Give me a give me a tight like minute rundown of pandemic prep. I want yeah. I want to know some About stuff. A minute. Right. Oh my god. I want I want it just like fire away. Let's go. I'm keeping an eye on the clock. You start now. Okay. If you want to survive um, a pandemic, the absolute, it doesn't matter how good your plans are. At the end of the day, make sure that you've got a bug out bag at all times. That bug out bag has to be your absolute worst case scenario. I am Mad Max on the highway. This is all I need to survive. Rick Grimes. Put your essential items in there, okay? Um, make sure that you've got a tool that can be both be used to do things like lever open windows and club the head of zombies, um, sex attackers, or just anyone who tries to take your shit. Okay, this make is, sure you've got Panadol. Okay, the longest minute in of case my life. you get a fever. <laughs> Clean socks. Okay, your feet are very important, and make sure you have a bottle of booze. That's one hour minute. I almost said an hour. That's all Sorry, I need. That's like all hour. I need. Yeah. I should give you a one minute time limit every day. <laughs> I, I did this uh, for, for Darcy on our podcast. Um, movie reviews started taking over more and more of the podcast because we just love yeah. talking about movies, but it's not really a podcast about movies. So <laughs> <laughs> I've just decided that we're now going to have like one or two minute time deadlines to talk about specific movies. Yeah. And it's worked, it's gone really well. Anecdote deadlines. Yeah. I need them. <laughs> no, that we we tried that. That never works. Once Jack gets started, you cannot shut him up. Me. And we just we can't stick to deadlines. Honestly, you're watching the implosion of our podcast right here. Oh, you know what? If it hasn't died by now, it'll never die. <laughs> we need to get back to the journalism. Justin, next question. I don't have any more questions. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think he abandoned his questions. I think, he, I think he realized. No, that... honestly, you, you've covered all the questions I had just in a very, very roundabout way. <laughs> <laughs> we took the scenic route, but we get there. We get yeah. there eventually. Eurovision politics, BDSM. What else is there to cover? Oh, um, Scott Morrison's trip to Hawaii is an old favorite of yours. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I haven't been worried about COVID-19 because old Scotty from marketing hasn't gone on holiday. Um, the second he goes on holiday, I'm going to be like, oh, shit, it's worse than we thought. Oh, it must really be a crisis. He's on holiday. So, yeah, he's at home with his jigsaw puzzles, so we'll be fine. It's obviously nothing to worry about. It, it is, at the end of the day, it's been a really tough year especially with the bushfires and then covid you know well mm. that's it but like everything's still here in one way or another yeah sadly we are you know eurovision's jack suddenly just realized i'm watching him realize in real time that they cancelled eurovision <laughs> Oh, they really did, didn't they? Oh, my God. It, it's like, again, The Simpsons, if you play it back, you can see the actual moment where his heart breaks when he actually realises they've no, cancelled it. just like... Yeah, it's bullshit. It's a bullshit decision. I'm going to call it. And everyone at Eurovision who was responsible for it being cancelled this year should be thrashed, thrashed with sticks. can't believe it's not on. I know. Thrash them with sticks. Oh, I'm sad now. 
but your podcast is still here for all of us. Oh, well, that's true. That's true. That's true. It's the least we can do. Yeah. We do hum a lot of the songs badly and incoherently that's throughout only, our that's podcast. That's only to get away from copyright, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I've sung many songs badly on my podcast purely <laughs> to avoid that. Purely. It's it's yeah. entirely for that reason. It's entirely intentional for copyright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a noble effort that we all go yeah. to. Yeah. The worst thing is when we try to avoid the Eurovision copyright, so we just start singing and then accidentally break into something from Frozen. We do that accidentally all the it's time. It's always we end up at Let It Go. Somehow. Yeah, every time. We Which always... is not worse. Disney are a lot scarier for yeah, copyright Yeah, like reasons. Disney will, like, bury you in the backyard. Like, there are more scared oh, of them. Johnny than... Logan. Yeah. <gasps> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving this. I'm leaving this. I'm just... Well, I hope that was. Liz has actually left. (laughs) (laughs) We just put it in my car, driving (laughs) away. Uh, Jack, you remain with me. Um, Here I am. I'm still here. Where can we find uh, the Duzpoir podcast? So it is hard to spell, but it's easy to find. Just type in Duzpoir, which is D-O-U-Z-E, then points because the bloody French, um, we're on Instagram, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on Facebook. We're pretty much everywhere except Twitter because we don't have anything to tweet. Beautiful. But we're everywhere else, yeah. That's fantastic. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for having us. What a lovely interview. Yeah. And Jack's just got back to me with some Sweden mm-hmm. facts. <gasps> Learn me a thing about Sweden. So I gave him 10 minutes. He's come back to me with mm-hmm. North Korea owes Sweden about 4 billion Swedish krona and has since the 80s because Sweden sent them a bunch of cars that the North Koreans never paid for. That's, <laughs> All right. That's the first fact he sent through. Okay. It's the best. Already the not, best. Not what's their national dish. Probably not meatballs. The southern part of the country keeps trying to rejoin Denmark and they haven't been to war since 1814. Well, there you go. These are some fun facts. And said final war was to force Norway. He's followed up. (laughs) And said final war was to force Norway to team up with them as part of the kingdom, by which I mean a war of imperialist annexation. This is great. Uh, Jack, you're the best. Uh, And thank you guys for coming on the podcast. This was was fantastic. Um, I realise, having listened back to that, that I didn't set the timer for movies this episode. No, and that's definitely had an impact on how this long we've talked. <laughs> I blame you as the constraining influence because apparently I'm uncontrollable. It's put me on blast with other people while I'm not in the room. I'm sorry. It's hard for you to be in the room at the moment. It's so incredibly accurate. I should probably let it go. <laughs> we can't be in the same room at the moment. Very so true. I have to be bitchy. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not sorry at all, but anyway. Not remotely. We're all relying on the arts at the moment to keep us entertained. We can't go anywhere. And then there's this big art party that we're not allowed to have. It's this huge festival. It brings so many people together, and a lot of it <laughs> is one of the stagecraft. Well, yes. Yeah, I think, <laughs> but... I think that would be it, because you could ask them to do it in a smaller way, shape, or form, but it wouldn't be Eurovision, you know? You could ask them, like, oh, we'll to keep you isolated we'll just have you sing the song but from what i understand of eurovision in a very limited way is as you've sort of set it up it's the stagecraft it's a spectacle it's the bitchiness and the infighting between the countries 
there's a lot of stuff that needs connection. But for the majority of people that watch Eurovision, they're, they're doing just that. They're watching it at home. Does the audience really contribute the major part? I think it's the but, personal people on stage and you can space those people out i think i mean if you put kate them up Mil- on a pole yeah it should be pretty yeah i think kate miller heidke is the perfect example of social distancing you still on need a large someone pole. to strap her onto that pole you'd need people touching it's just one of the beautiful things about the arts is that it's a bunch of attractive people touching each other and you just probably can't do it it's, it's very okay, upsetting we'll, we'll send the audience home but i mean if we can have People playing sports who isolated away from their families for 14 days. You get the guy that's doing the pyrotechnics. You get the several people (laughs) it takes to assemble a dress. And you put them all in a glass box. (laughs) Separate glass boxes. Rack them and stack them. Don't get me wrong, but it would also mean that all of these different countries, um, and some of which have different standards of quarantine rules, I guess. Yeah, there are different... Quarantine rules are not universal. There are recommendations put out by the World Health Organization, but different countries are doing different things. Mm. So what if you're like, yeah, we'll all do it and it'll be fine, and um, one country just, just fucks up a bunch of stuff because they, they don't have the right quarantine rules in place. Then have everyone broadcasting from their own TV stations. I mean, it's being broadcast in all these different countries. You film the acts like you would be doing anyway in those big local performances, and then you have... I mean, yeah, it's a Eurovision clip show, but who doesn't want to watch a Eurovision clip show? (laughs) That would be kind of spectacular in a really weird way. The live voting from people at home, the weird hosts stuffing up trying to make jokes in probably their fourth language. It's... It's the spectacle, it's it's the drama of it, and I don't think you need to have a crowd there, which is the main obstacle. I don't think you need to have a crowd there to make it work. I think maybe it's a bit like, for me at least, low-fat milk as opposed to full cream, you know, where you're like, oh, I could drink milk in this lesser version, but my love of full cream milk is so strong, much like my love of excessive stagecraft, that I don't want a pale imitation, no matter how weird and wonderful it would be. I want some batshit crazy proper I had time to plan this out type stuff. Well, and and this is why I'm saying don't do low-fat milk, do soy. (laughs) Have it be something that is... It tastes like almonds and I hate it. No, almond milk tastes like almonds and almond milk is, you know, a bit dodgy. But Garbage. Also, what's oat milk? Get out of here, oat milk. Oat milk is what's left over after you have muesli and you're finished. Um, I don't want that. No, I'm saying make it its own thing, right? You don't want it to be a lesser version of the same thing. This would be a different year, but people know how to put together TV productions. A lot of the individual contests are staged in separate countries anyway. There are ways of making this happen. Yes, and it's very sad that, that it, it, they made the decision. This is the most important thing happening right now. I know I said that, I know I say that every week, but this is the most <laughs> important thing happening right now. You know what's weird learning about like TV shows that are like mid-season filming that won't be coming out? I'm so saturated with TV shows that I'm like, wait, people are still filming them? And then that hasn't a flow-on effect for what happens next year? Oh, no, when are we going to get the next season of The Witcher? (laughs) Things I'm worried about. Well, you were talking about one-handers briefly last week. I think there should be a lot of shows that are just one character's arc interacting with no people. I think there's going to be a lot of how did the Witcher cope with being trapped in, I guess, an empty cave 
Like you wouldn't watch a bottle episode of The Witcher. That'd be great. I would absolutely watch a bottle episode. And then just CGI everything. Half that show's CGI anyway. It's fine. So my thing that is probably going to have an uptick is YouTube and TikTok performers because we're all trapped in our homes and those forms of media and as we've sort of touched on earlier, the arts are a big thing that we are consuming at the moment. The new content that you can put out if you are a YouTuber or a TikToker, you know, you have that lo-fi advantage where you can just do it from your home. So that's my prediction. You got one? We're easing off some of the isolation restrictions, but I still think it's important that we maintain some of the rules that we've established um, Mm -hmm. and that we maintain social distance. And so that's why I'm really advocating an uptick in the use of Lynx deodorant. Um, I walked past a guy the other day and I realized that 1.5 meters away is roughly the distance where you can only just slightly smell Lynx deodorant. And so if at 1.5 meters you can smell it, uh, then I think it's really encouraging people to stay even further away, which is a noble thing. And I shout out to that guy. He is taking one for the team. Absolutely. So... I'm saying, you know, Unilever, sponsor the program. I love all of your works and especially your soap that's not actually a soap. And What is it? Oh, they, they uh, advertise it as, hang on, I'm going to look this up so I'm not just defaming Unilever. Is it like, like Impulse when we were younger, it's a body spray for what it's advertised at. You shouldn't use it as deodorant because it's not deodorant and it would have no antiperspirant effect. But then that would mean you would have an antiperspirant and a body spray over the top. And we got told by our high school that we needed to cut it back because we had asthmatics and they were getting impacted by what we were doing with our <laughs> sprays. We almost killed some students because we were concerned about our sense. You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. So let's clear this up. Dove soap is not soap. It's a synthetic detergent. It works just as well at cleaning your hands when it comes to the coronavirus. And I realize that it may be irresponsible to say Dove soap is not soap without any explanation in a podcast that is ostensibly about the coronavirus. Uh, So I'm sorry for that. Impulse, which is incidentally also a Unilever brand, I don't think I remembered that when we were talking about it, uh, used to be primarily available as a body spray. They do sell some antiperspirants, but regardless, body sprays used to be their main kind of product. The point here is not that Impulse is a bad product, but that Darcy and I are very, very old and brands have not always been scrupulous. This isn't a tangent per se. Mainly I just want to ask you, and you can cut this and we can end the conversation, but sure. what have you, re- like, it's kicked in now, I'm missing something. And I want to ask you first, what are you missing about, you know, what's changed with all the rules and everything? Don't just, like, your friends and blah, 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 blah. What do you, like, there's got to be one thing that's like, oh, it's just sort of sunk in. Much like it sunk in Ferrari to do it, Jack, where it finally sunk in that Eurovision wasn't happening. I think one of the things that, it's not so much recent, it's just been a, a growing kind of thing, is a lot of the creative stuff that I do 
aside from this, this is great for this time. Good save. A lot of the ways that I set up collaboration are I meet up with people in person. Whenever I'm setting up new projects, I try to like meet people for coffee or something like that, just so hmm. I can vet them and be like, hey, you're not a total douchebag. <laughs> get that. You know, it's that sort of thing. All of it. You know, the communication that you get in writing is a step back. The communication that you get over the phone is a little bit better. That communication yep. in person, someone's body language, there's so much you miss not having it. And, and you get a bit of it with video chatting. I've done video chatting. I actually did video chatting for the call with uh, Jack and Liz. Um, as you can tell, they mentioned that we can see each other a couple of times. <laughs> and, and that was really good. That actually had a much better vibe for the interview. Mm. So I might try and do that a couple of times. But they also have a really good setup. So I knew I wasn't going to have troubles with audio. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I've been chatting to a lot of people about projects we want to get off the ground after this is all over. But just trying to figure out when that'll actually be, when we'll be able to spend those times in those spaces. Like, because mm. at this point, it really feels like, is it a couple of weeks away? Is it a couple of months away? Where are we? Where are we sitting? Well, now mine's going to sound silly. <laughs> No, go nuts. It's all it's all stuff, man. We were It's all relative. Thankfully, my housemate was home last night and we just sat there and ordered food and ate together, just having someone else in the in the house. So nice. <laughs> but yeah. something popped up in what we were watching. It was a nightclub. And I don't go out as much as I used to, but in that point in time, I was like, I really miss going to a nightclub and dancing to fun pop music and wearing nice clothes and uncomfortable shoes and I miss nightclubs man let's go clubbing when this is done I don't think we've ever gone clubbing together have we surely surely we've done something we've been drunk on the town before yeah yeah but those aren't the same thing no especially with me i've got there's nothing about being in a crowd (laughs) exactly i miss dancing even if it's it's admittedly not the best dancing (laughs) but being in a crowd that are unified by screaming their applause at a drag queen at three o'clock in the morning ah there's just something i deeply miss about that moment in time (laughs) I'm, i'm so keen for that and yeah, I mean, neither of us are curing anything or, <laughs> you know, none of us are conducting the um, important ventilator heists that are the backbone of the Australian economy right now. Hey, we're 3D printing our own. It's cool. Yeah, my printers are very much 2D, <laughs> unfortunately. Thank you very much for talking with me, Justin, because it's greatly leveled out my peaking crazy. It was useful. <laughs> And it was a very fun chat. This is great fun. Okay. Uh, Do you want to end the podcast there? Do you have any great statements? Do you want to plug anything? I was going to be like an appliance joke. You know, I don't have anything to plug in. Episode five is where it really went downhill. I don't know why. Hair straightener. Uh, Buy my magazine. And by buy, I mean just subsidize. Pay for the cost of postage. We have a Patreon. All that stuff. I still Um, haven't done it. So Justin's need has never been greater than now. Because I yeah, yeah. do it for me. <laughs> do it instead of Darcy, who is uh, a bad friend. Scab. She's getting friendship for nothing. Oh. Don't be like that. <laughs> why, why buy the cow? <laughs> why buy the cow when you can drink soy milk? Uh, this has been Radio Lockdown. This is the first time I've actually done an outro properly. I love it. Stay well, wash your hands, all that stuff. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Justin. Not really, but okay. <laughs> 
Let's pretend we're hanging up now. <laughs> oh, dear. You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast. I think I have some broccolini. I don't know why we got broccolini. Because it was cheap this week. I have broccolini. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. But... If you know what to do with broccolini, TikTok us at Neptune Today Mag. <laughs>